Welcome to Game of Books with Kathy in South Dakota. That's me. And Christy in South Florida. That's me. We're two newbie writers sharing our take on wine, food, and mystery books. And the authors who write them. Join us for the fun. Hey, Kathy and all you mysterious foodies. Happy Friday the 13th. At least I think. Unless <laughs> you're superstitious and then I'll go with beware the Ides of March. No <laughs> getting into Shakespeare or whatever. <laughs> There's yeah. and and Pi Day. National Pi Day, three three one four. Oh, you're kidding. Oh my gosh. I yeah. didn't even realize that. Tomorrow. As we record. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. And then the Ides of, Mar- of March is three fifteen. Yep. Yeah, so what do you think about Friday the 13th? Do you ever observe it <laughs> or stay home so you avoid <laughs> dangerous things? Well, no, I don't. <laughs> In fact, my my daughter is, she was born on June 13th. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a Friday when she was born. But whenever uh, the, one of the her birthdays falls on the 13th, it's like a big deal. So she just, I remember she had one birthday where we gave away like rabbit's feet and you know um oh for the party favors what do you call them a horse shoe yeah like <laughs> anything like lucky things you know oh that's funny that's really funny so it was like the opposite of bad luck <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah I don't really buy into that either but but the Ides of yeah. March is very interesting actually yeah do you know about the Ides of March well I mean you know what it started as just it a was like bit. New Year's before like in Roman times or something. Yeah, it was their day of kind of to wrap things up, I guess. And But a lot of things yeah. have happened in the course of history on that date, not just Julius Caesar's <laughs> death. <laughs> right. So it's kind of odd, right. yeah. Yeah. My dad used to have a party for that, too. He did? <laughs> My family just likes to party, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. He had an Ides of March party? Yes, yeah, he would have it when he was a teacher, and you know everybody would come over and have a big party in March for whatever reason. I don't know why, but <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it was fun. Anyway, so if we're gonna keep on up with these creepy, suspicious lines, <laughs> um, <laughs> this week we're pairing food and wine with "Strangers at the Gate" yes. by Katrina McPherson. Yes, this book really does have a disturbing kind of gothic feel to it. It's set in a small town in Scotland, which is very fun. And there's plenty Mm -hmm. of superstition there, it seems. And next week we get to talk to Katrina herself. And I'm really looking forward to it. Um, she is yeah. also, Christy, as you know, the guest of honor at Sleuth Fest later this month. I know, I know. Yes, we love Sleuth Fest. I, I really think that is of the writing conferences we've been to. I think that's the best one for craft. You know, well, it's just, so it's a small group, so it's not too huge, but you just learn so much. And then you get those hands-on with the authors and the agents and the um editors too yep yep i agree yeah it's one of the best things i've ever done for my uh writing uh life and it's completely worth the investment and not to mention it's a lovely place to visit 
in the winter for Midwesterners. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. and of course, that's where we met. So it is, it, it is. Yes, <laughs> this is where we started our journey. We will always our have a soft journey. Yes, a soft spot for <laughs> Sleuthfest. Yeah, and so if, it, you know, there's still time to sign up, I guess. Yeah, you can go to um, sleuthfest.com. And for yep. those who aren't familiar with it, um, which I, I wasn't, I just happened upon it when I was looking for writers' conferences um, mm-hmm. a few years ago, but it is the Florida chapter of the um, MWA, Mystery Writers of America, in which you are a member, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, it is a lovely, lovely uh, weekend. So go to sleuthfest.com. Yes. Yep, yep. And um, and then if you go, see, you'll get to hobnob with Katrina, who we're yes. going to talk to next week, and all these agents and editors. And, of course, I'll be there. So. <laughs> I'm going to miss it's it this in year. Deerfield I'm sorry. Beach. Yeah. I know, but, it, but it's so close to me. You know, it's right yeah. in Deerfield Beach. And um, so, you know, register so I can meet you guys. <laughs> yeah, and come find her. Okay, so don't you think we should get ready to talk about yes. the wine today? Oh, yes, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what have we got? Okay, so I found a wine um, inspired for um, a book club meeting for Katrina's book that you could not find in Florida, so I'm enjoying that. I know, I know. Um, and, I'll, and I'll sip another wine. We can describe that next week. For, okay. For, yeah. And they're the both, next week's episode is... Yeah, and they're both cabs, so that works really well. But yeah, this, yeah. this week's wine is Three Girls Cabernet Sauvignon, and it is produced by Oak Ridge Winery, and they, they um, produce a, a, many, many different wines. But this is one of their lines, and um, mm-hmm. I, I just love this. this um, before I tell you the tasting notes... Um, they say that Three Girls is the captured and bottled pure essence of innocence and youth. Aww. I know. Isn't that lovely? Well, says, you know, I, I really like the name of it, too. I mean, yeah, despite I, the fact that I'm one of three girls. Well, isn't that interesting? <laughs> I and still it, can appreciate the wine. It says three <laughs> loving owners are watching their three Aww. Three daughters transition from childhood into young adulthood. Never underestimate the power of three. Isn't that cool? Yes. I just thought it was a really yes. neat. It's a really, really cool bottle. But anyway, so on to the tasting notes. Yeah, it is. So it um, contains ripe, dark fruit, smoke and vanilla notes with a full-bodied sweet fruit and creamy texture. And I am just going wow, to have to tell you. yummy. It is really good. It's a very <laughs> nice bottle of wine. It's not expensive. And mm-hmm. um, it's very, it's very nice. Mmm. Wow, that sounds yeah. good. And yeah. what made you decide to pick this for this book? Well, I actually started with the food um, for this book. I, mm. um, as as you know, when you <laughs> read one of the a uh, pretty major scene at the beginning, um, it's a couple of couples uh, having dinner, and it's a, it's not it's not a good dinner. <laughs> I mean, the food described is not great, right? Like, I, she has the... It's probably like Scottish delicacies, right? Well, but she has the no. funniest description. Katrina describes the, um, the uh, female host of the couple um, as cleaning the potatoes with a Brillo pad. 
<laughs> it was like, <laughs> and she, you know, so this this woman who's the guest is watching this, going, "Oh, I'm going to be eating potatoes being scrubbed with like a Brillo pad," and uh, and they talk about frozen chicken breasts only. And so I I decided that what would be fun is <laughs> is to take um, kind of a chicken and potato meal and make a real homey nice meal for a food club gathering. And so mm-hmm. I would suggest that you would make a balsamic red wine roasted chicken with vegetables along the Ooh, side. Yum. Yeah. So I picked the bottle to um, go in my recipe as well as drink. Well, that sounds yummy. I know. I thought think... you were going to say Coco Van or something like well, that. Well, it is a very... Like, it's... Yeah, that's French. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a similar kind of concept. I mean, basically, you're just roasting the, the chicken and veggies in a lot of balsamic and red wine. But, but I love that. Are you yeah. going to make that when I come out? I could. <laughs> I, 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 I will do that. Hmm. But I Is it be really a, easy to make? <laughs> it's really easy to make. And I thought, what a fun um, kind of homey around the fireplace, right? Does that match yeah. the feel of the book, kind of? Yeah. And so it calls for like a cab or a type of red wine like that. Right? It does. It does. And okay. I will put the um, link to this recipe I found on our blog. Uh, the recipe actually comes from a food blog called Host the Toast. Oh, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, I'm new to this food blog, but I, I thought they, I kind of started <laughs> digging around. They've got a lot of really great recipes. So I'm anxious to try it. Mm. Yeah. Well, good. My stomach's growling right now. Awesome. <laughs> I should always eat before these podcasts. Okay, so now that we have our food and wine, it's time to discuss the book. And um, as we said, it's Katrina <clears throat> McPherson. Um, it's her; she's the author. She's an award-winning and best-selling author of the Dandy Gliver Historical Mystery Series, which she has like fourteen books in that series. Then she has two books in the Lexi Campbell series, which is a humorous mystery set in California. And then she has somewhere like, I, I counted like 10 standalone novels. Wow. So she's pretty prolific. And Strangers at the Gate um, is actually a Mary Higgins Clark finalist book. Mm. And it, it is also a standalone, which I would say is like a dark mystery or maybe a what, psychological suspense, something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, it's quite a year to um, be honored with um, the Mary Higgins Clark um, Award yeah. to be one of the finalists because, sadly, um, she just passed away at the end of January um, yeah. at the age of 92. And... She, wow. you know, is huge in the uh, mystery industry. She's known as the queen of suspense. 56 best-selling books. And, you know, wow. n- yeah, most mystery uh, writers are also Mary Higgins Clark readers, I would think. And um, mm-hmm. I-, I certainly read a lot of her books and loved them. Yeah, I did too. I mean, I remember hearing at one of the um, workshops that we went to, when, when one of the authors was saying, hey, you know, if you think you don't have time to write, look at Mary Higgins Clark, because mm-hmm. she was widowed at a young age and had five young kids to raise. And she was able to write her first novel before she would go to work 
as a where she wrote radio shows in order to support her children and she and then she went on to write well 56 bestsellers so yeah no I, <laughs> she's I, really I, an inspiration I actually have yeah. a, a printout um, of an interview that um, Harlan Coben had given and he said the same thing he said don't don't oh, tell me you can't find time to write. If Mary Higgins Clerk could find the time to write with five kids and a job and being widowed, everyone can right. find time to write. And I, I, I think right. about that often, actually. Yeah. So it's either an inspiration or we just get shamed. <laughs> You're just shamed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think we should do a little cheers. All right. Cheers to Mary Higgins Cherry, Clark. Cheers. cheers, Mary Higgins Clerk. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yes. You'll have your books to read forever, so that's great. So anyway, this particular book, the Mary Higgins Clark finalist book, um, <laughs> was pretty was a pretty haunting ride, don't you think? Yes, I do. <laughs> From the get-go, Katrina knows how to pull yeah. you in. I thought it was I thought it was gonna be funny because she seems so funny and I she does write funny books too. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, this is gonna be kind of funny. And I mean, yeah, there was some sort of, you know, a little bit of a dry humor in there but man there was there was you know there's a lot going on in that little scottish town (laughs) (laughs) the setting was great i mean that just made it i think i I, um, yeah did you have any trouble with the language barrier i did struggle a little bit i had to really kind of adjust and i got i think you get used to it pretty quickly but it did take me a minute yeah for sure yeah, but it's fun. I mean, it was kind of fun in a way, mm-hmm. but it would be like, you know, like in the beginning, even in like the first page um, where they called a flashlight a torch. Now that one we could figure out that they yeah. weren't talking about like a fire or she wasn't talking about a fire torch, but it still was like, oh, this is funny. So I guess that's what they call flashlights, you know, because it was referred to a torch a few times. Mm-hmm. And so then there was other things like that throughout the book that at first you're like, what? And then you're, wait a minute. And then you're like, oh, this is funny. I hope I remember this because yeah, <laughs> whenever I go visit Scotland, I want to know. Are you planning to visit Scotland soon? Well, maybe on my Ireland trip, I'll swing by <sighs> Scotland too. <laughs> I, I, I think you should. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I want to go. I know. I was like, wait, <laughs> is there something I don't know? <laughs> Yeah, no, I wouldn't mind. I would like to go to Scotland in, in the summer, even though I, I think it was probably cold to me all year round. But I would love to visit. I would have to have um, Katrina fill us in a little bit on Scotland. I can't wait to, yeah. I just, I can't wait to talk to her. And I think I'll just be able to listen to her accent and get lost in that. I know. <laughs> I know. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be a lot of fun. And the, the one other thing about the book that I thought was an interesting thing to talk about was um, the main character was a pastor. Yeah. Is that how they refer to her? So she was from the Church of Scotland. Mm-hmm. And apparently her, but she was raised, what I could figure was maybe Catholic, but I couldn't tell for sure. It was kind of hard, but I think there must be some sort of rivalry going on a little bit in Scotland. And I was like, well, that's an interesting thing. I just thought how her um, career was handled was really interesting. You know, her spouse was a, a lawyer and she, I mean, certainly was a, um impressive professional in her own right. But it seemed to be, I don't know, not as prestigious of a... Um, profession, right. the way people talk to her in this village, as we think of it in the United States. 
Right. I mean, I, right. I think clergy always are really well respected and and well yeah. thought of and. But, you know, it also there was a really small town feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that was a part of it, too. I think just the personalities that um, she met and engaged with. But, right. yeah, I, I thought it was really fun. Um, yeah, it was learning. I was learning stuff as well as being <laughs> creeped out. And Entertained. <laughs> yes. Suspensed and all that. <laughs> yeah. Writer's, Writer's Perspective. Perspective. Okay, so today, for Writer's Perspective, we want to discuss setting in a novel, which Mm -hmm. makes sense because, you know, this book has a great setting. And I think, and I think you do too, that setting can be almost like another character in the story. Oh, for sure. And like in this book, and see that Katrina has a real knowledge and passion for this Scottish environment. And even though we don't have a clue if she's telling us the truth, <laughs> she could be lying, I guess. But we know she really has a good feel for it. And um, and I kind of liked, I wanted to just read this one little section because this is what I'm, when I think of um, somebody using setting in a really good way and not like just boring, drag yourself down. Mm-hmm. Um, that adds to the story. It's when she was talking about the trees around her new house yes. in a small town. And she's, yeah, she said, if only they looked a little bit less like a silent army of strangers standing dead still and watching me. If only there weren't faces etched in the swirl of the bark, not whole mouths wide open and black eyes weeping resin tears. And you're like, ooh, creepy. creepy. Yeah. yeah. She's like, she's like, uh, you know, city girl coming out here and she's just being creeped out. And you just got that feeling. And plus, you got a real good visual. I just thought it was cool. I did too. And I thought she used the tone, or I'm sorry, she used the setting to establish the tone right away. And you just have this kind of mm-hmm. impending sense of doom feeling um, just because of the right. setting. It's, it, uh, and despite that, we still want to go visit. <laughs> Yes, I know, right? Because <laughs> we're like, okay, we like creepy places. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I, I really, I mean, obviously Katrina is from Scotland, and so this is what she, um, you know, grew up with, and so Knows. that would be really fun mm-hmm. to, um, hear from her. You know, if she, if she did live in a small little village like this, um, but I, uh, right. I, I do think it's really important to know a lot about your setting and like you say treat it like a character because it helps you establish mm-hmm. so much um visual for the for the reader um mm-hmm. i know i've mentioned a few times to you about about other authors but john sanford is one where he always goes to the location that he's writing about and i and, oh yeah that's right yeah and another author that does that is daniel silva um he oh, he of course yeah and so he <laughs> well but how could he he goes everywhere he must yeah i, I guess yeah i think because his books are like oh my gosh they well, are I mean, all over the place yeah <laughs> i think he's very well traveled is my understanding yes but, i think so i mean it's ideal be. but not obviously feasible all the time i mean you can't right. always write what you experience firsthand um but man right. if you could it'd be great yeah i know right <laughs> <laughs> i know but um, but there are some tricks, I guess. I mean, some people use tricks because I know there. Yeah. Are, I've we talked to one writer who had never even been to where his 
book took place, but mm. he he was able to conjure up the environment of the inside environment of where the stuff was taking place, I guess, and that made made a difference. But I don't know. Do you have any tricks? You have any tricks? I'm thinking Kathy's got like a board, <laughs> a wall with pictures of different oh, environments. You know me very well. Like a I do. I do really <laughs> like. Um, yes, I do. Yes, I have. When I have traveled for settings, I have um, mm-hmm. I have taken photos and actually printed them out, um, and I will, you know, put them on my bulletin board when I'm writing that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, I think you can do the same thing with a Pinterest board if you haven't, you know, if you don't, you're not taking the photos first. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, there's a lot you can just research. I mean, googling images for any place is such an awesome mm-hmm. tool at your fingertips. Yeah. What about yeah. you? You and I and I have done that um, just for specific things, mm-hmm. especially when I'm trying to picturing something like this dock or this house in this certain area, and I want to get a better visual. I'll just search on you know the internet until I get the one that that I think would work, and that way when I'm blocking out the scene. I can exactly say, okay, the door's here, this is here, mm-hmm. you know, there's the water, that kind of thing. Yeah. That, that is helpful when you just can't go into some strange person's house and say, can I look around? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> your house is really creepy, so I thought it might be a really good scene. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to kill someone mm-hmm. here. <laughs> Okay, Kathy, I am really getting excited about this trip to South Dakota. Hopefully, yay, everything works out. I'm I'm a little I nervous. So. Yeah, I'm a, I am a little nervous cuz we we had cold weather last week, like 3 days in a row where what, it was Like what cold? Well, like it got down to maybe close to 40 at night and then you know, the high would be like the upper 60s, yeah. maybe 70. But it gets cold then because, like, we have tile inside the house, so the tile gets cold, and <laughs> and we never really want to turn our heat on, so we just deal with the cold. But then when you got to yeah. take a shower, then it's mm. cold. And I'm like, oh, my yeah. gosh, this is what it's going to be like in South Dakota. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Tell me, how do you deal with it? Do you have like little heaters in your bathroom or anything? <laughs> well, I do have heated tile on my bathroom floor. But, oh, really? But, oh, cool. Yeah, but um, it's actually really nice right now. It's like all of our snow is melting. It's beautiful. So oh. it might, I don't think it's going to be too cold for you. Okay, but I don't want all the snow to melt. That was that was one of my goals I know. to see the snow. <laughs> I didn't think I, it I ever tell melted. <laughs> I am very shocked, but we have got an incredible um, 10-day forecast, and the snow is just melting right away. Oh, wow. So I'm sorry, but I don't know if we're going to have snow for you. <gasps> you I know. Will. I know. You will. It's it's still ten over 10 days away, I think. It is. And, you know, traditionally, um, we get the most snowfall in March. And so okay. it would be very odd if we didn't get some more snow. So who knows? The okay. one thing about South Dakota weather is it changes really dramatically, really quickly. Right. So... Who knows? Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Even if it doesn't snow, we'll still have fun. Yes, and, we will. And, you know, get get a lot of work done and we'll get a lot of fun done. And I'll get to 
I'll still be cold. I know I will. So. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but don't forget next week we have um, Quirks and Conversation with Katrina McPherson. Yes. And don't forget to look into SleuthFest if you are at all interested in our writer's conference focusing on mystery. Yes. I mean, I think it even works if if you're not totally doing mysteries because it's such a great writing conference. But it is. There are a lot of very just general um, Mm -hmm. writing um, classes that are wonderful. Yeah. All right. So until next time, I say cheers to you, Kathy. Until then. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks to our mysterious foodies out there for listening and sharing. Check out our website, gameofbookspodcast.com where you can find links to all we talk about. And if you subscribe to our weekly newsletter, you can get those links sent directly to you along with any exciting updates. We are also on Facebook and Twitter under at GOB Writers. And if you enjoyed this episode as much as we did, we would love to hear from you. And please subscribe to Game of Books wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our book club ideas and quirks and conversations with award-winning and best-selling authors. That's all for today's episode of Game of Books Podcast, where we share food, wine, and mystery every Friday morning, just in time for the weekend. This is Christy and Kathy saying thanks for listening. Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody.